This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. From KYW News Radio 1039 FM, this is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Hello, I'm Raquel Williams. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Abington Senior High School is doing great work with young adults ages 18 to 21 who have individualized education programs. We'll hear from three teachers who provide students with vocational, travel training, and independent living skills via their Strive and Active programs. We know how good it feels to go on a trip somewhere and know how to jump on a bus. Those feelings are the same feelings that our students feel. Sheridan Howard has our newsmaker this week, who's a public muralist with deep Philly roots. Falling in love with public art, for me, it's very important that people can get to it and they, there's no barriers or walls. Antoinette Lee's Philly Rising Changemaker is a mother who opened up a store in Bryn Mawr to give her son, who has Down syndrome, an employment opportunity. There's lots of folks that will do a side hustle because you know what? They don't have a language. So I said, you know what? Let's do something where Eric can do his own thing. All of that's coming up on Bridging Philly. This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. You know, I recently came across a program at Abington Senior High School that I thought was pretty interesting. It's one of the programs that you don't really think about unless you know someone who's in these programs or you yourself or know someone that's involved in the world of special education. It's pretty important, though, for people to know that there are very special teachers that are out there teaching life skills to young adults so that they can learn how to live independently. Abington Senior High School has two programs. One is called Active and the other is called Strive. They are transitional programs designed for young adults ages 18 to 21 with IEPs or individualized education programs. Now, recently, the students received a bit of training with SEPTA, and we'll talk about that and so much more. With me today is Kate Pringle, Kathy Rafter, and Kara Gimble with the Abington School District. Thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you for having us. What are the core missions of the Active Academy, an active program, and also Strive? The Active Academy at Abington has been around since uh, 2015. And the core missions really is uh, right there in our in our acronym, accessing community, travel, independent living, and vocational education. So we are helping our young adults uh, prepare for life after. Uh, us, adult living, and that includes uh, being an active member in our community, employment, and and also um, travel, as you mentioned with the SEPTA experience we had recently. 
Okay. And yeah, I definitely want to hear about that one. I know that that's, that's pretty interesting and important for the kids to learn too. Tell me, uh, Kate, about the STRIVE program. Sure. So the STRIVE program is, we're in the very first year of it happening right now, the 2022-2023 school year. And STRIVE stands for Students Transitioning in Recreation, Independence, and Vocational Employment. So our mission is very similar to ACTIVE Academies. Um, We also have a focus on functional daily living skills, um, independent living skills, and functional education or education from a reading and math perspective. And we also are working with our students out in the community and vocational skills in-house on Abington Senior High's campus. So talk to me about some of the the life skills that the students are taught. We were talking about, you know, I, there are a lot of things that a lot of us take uh, for granted, you know, learning how to manage your bank account, have a credit card, you, using a cell phone, um, public transportation, you know, navigating your way around a city. Uh, these are things that, you know, most of us learn how to do, but, you know, we take it, we take for granted the fact that it probably comes easy to a lot of us, but there are those that definitely need a little bit of help and assistance in learning how to do that so that they can live independently. Just talk about some of the life skills that are taught. Anybody can jump in. We'll start with you, Kathy. Okay. Um, Yeah, certainly. We teach all of that that you talked about. We, our students cook uh, at least once a week. They create a shopping list. We go to the grocery store. We support them while they grocery shop, compare prices, interact with the cashier, using their, their money uh, some students choose to use their debit card to pay for an um, item, um, and then they work together to make whatever we've decided, or they've decided actually, what they want to cook. For instance, uh, our class this morning made grilled cheese sandwiches, and and in that we talk a lot about safety in the kitchen, you know, working with others, um, and and that type of thing. We um, really, really uh, work hard to have the students. Uh, be a part of the community. They go out to work sites four days a week. We have a wonderful community that supports us. Um, And then, as you said, we work towards travel training. There are some students that will be able to to use public transportation independently. Some will need to be supported. And some of our students have a driver's license. Um, So we we just try to give them those experiences. um, And we've been very fortunate to, to have those partnerships with places like SEPTA that have um, been able to uh, provide orientation for us and and wonderful experiences so that our students feel confident as we, uh, you know, begin the journey of travel training with them. Okay, sounds good. And Kate, what are some of the life skills that uh, you help the students with? Again, similarly to ACTIVE, we go out into the community once a week where students are practicing grocery shopping from lists, and we come back and cook in our apartment that we have on site. Uh, We go out and we do leisure skills, so it might be going and practicing like dining in a restaurant or ordering food at a place like Wawa or Burger King, and social skills, communication skills, safety out in the community. Uh, In the apartment that we have on campus, we're also practicing independent daily living skills. So in addition to cooking, it's also practicing organization and cleaning, doing laundry, making a bed, um, social skills where you're going to have a bunch of people sitting at a table, you know, how to set the table, how much space do you take up, how to reach for things or pass things across or down the table to another person. So we're also aiming to have the students be as independent as possible upon graduation, whether 
they need support or not, and just a matter of how much support they might need. Let's talk a little bit about the what caught my eye the other day, and that is the uh, the training, the travel training with SEPTA. Uh, perhaps Kathy and Carrie, you can talk a little bit about that. How did that go? It was amazing. Um, the students uh, went a few weeks prior to purchase key cards. Uh, so we do a lot of pre-teaching about how to use a key card. Um, the, they create an account so they can load their key cards. We do a lot of, like I said, pre-teaching in the classroom, a lot of um, modeling how we're going to interact appropriate etiquette while we're um, using public transportation. And then um, SEPTA actually comes with the bus and we practice boarding the bus. We practice um, sitting on the bus. Some students want to practice standing on the bus. And we talk a lot about, um, you know, minding our, our own selves and um, how to uh, interact with the driver, where to sit on the bus. Um, and then we practice getting on and off the bus. They pull the cord so that they can, um, you know, indicate a stop and we create stops along the campus so students can get on and off, how to how to stand when the bus is approaching you, all of those um those safety things, like you said, that that we take for granted. Um, and, you know, we want our students to, to have the confidence to do that. And and really the best part is now that we've done that, we have our key cards, SEPTA bus has come. Now we will start uh, going out and uh, practicing what we've learned. We take the bus uh, a few times a month, I would say. We walk to the to the 22 or the 55. Luckily, we live in a great community where where SEPTA is is here in our in our um, area, and we get on the bus. We take the bus to Dunkin' Donuts. We go to the Willow Grove Mall. Uh, so we we are able to practice those skills then in the community in real time, and uh, the students can use what they've learned uh, to feel that confidence. So that you know, if they decide in the future that they have a job that they really want to take and, and it requires a SEPTA, um, a SEPTA bus ride, they can say to themselves, I can do this. I know how to do this. I know how to get from my house to my, to my job. And, and I feel confident doing that on my own. We actually had a student this past summer who was able to do that. He was offered a position as a result of the, the um, internship that he did with us here in active. And um, he was concerned about how he would get, to his job. And, you know, we worked with him and his family and he took SEPTA every day um, using the key card that he purchased last year. And it was a, a wonderful success. That was, you know, the culmination of, of everything that we had taught him that, that this past school year. So um, it was amazing, amazing experience for him. That's great. And I'm, I'm just thinking about that tremendous sense of accomplishment that they may, they probably feel when they they face a new challenge and they actually, you know, they they're able to accomplish these things. So I, I think that's wonderful. Kate, maybe you can talk about that and, and also talk about the importance of um, teaching these students really how to learn to live independently. Like what does that do for them going forward in the future? Sure. Uh at the moment, my class is still using school-based transportation to out into the community, but our goal is to include SEPTA transportation down the road so they can learn those skills as well. But when you think about independent living skills, it gives all of our students, both in Active and Strive, a real sense of belonging and onus, and they feel proud of being able to 
do things as independently as possible. So I think it's really important that both of our programs try to set these students up for success in every way possible, whether it's community travel, um, independent living in a home or an apartment or a group home, and even just vocational employment, um, what the skills that they're learning here at school, how can they take those and put them into a trade post-graduation at 21 years old? And and I think, you know, going right along with what Kate said, I think that, um, you know, we often say, we know how good it feels to make a new recipe in the kitchen, or we know how good it feels to go on a trip somewhere and know how to jump on a, a bus and go to visit a site. Those feelings that we feel as adults um, are the same feelings that our students feel when they learn how to make a grilled cheese or they learn how to take SEPTA for the first time or um, experience those new independent feelings. It feels good. And they, they, you can see yeah. The, yeah. The, the happiness and the, the pride that they, that they feel in those moments. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. And we're talking about, again, young adults ages 18 to 21. Um, Maybe we can talk a little bit about the job training, because I do know that um, there's a a bit of job training that's involved in some of these programs as well. Can you just give me a little insight on that? Sure. Our students in the Active Academy go out to job sites four days a week in the community. Um, We have students working at Crumble Cookie, CVS, Um, Abington Hospital, the YMCA. We have students at Holy Redeemer, um, Briarbush Nature Center. We have students who do um, the mail for the school district in the um, administration building and students who um, work in the perfect blend is a a coffee cafe coffee um, cafe that we started last year um, in our building. Um, that's been a big success. So our students typically go out into the community while um, Kate's students in Strive start working. Um, Their tasks are more um, building-based, but they're doing a lot of amazing things as well. Yeah, so our students work, uh, we have a classroom business called Ability Greetings, and we've been working on making greeting cards. So these are just a couple of our samples that we've done thus far. Oh, that's great. Thank you. And we also have partnered with a local food bank, Willow Grove Baptist Food Pantry, and students in our school decide if they would like to donate any unwanted um, fresh produce from their purchased lunch every day. So our students go and collect the produce, we weigh it, we're graphing it with a pictograph, and we get it picked up twice a week from the director from the food bank. And at both of these, you know, sites, whether in Strive or in Active, really we're focusing on employability skills, mm-hmm. building those skills that are necessary for employment, the soft skills we talk about, um, following directions, taking initiative, being on time. What do you have to wear? What uniform uh, do you have to wear for, for a particular job? Um, working with others. Those are the types of things that that Kate is, is building in Strive. And then that, that follows right through to an active academy experience, um, perhaps out in the community, once those skills are, are started to, to emerge. Right. 
Hey, and not for nothing. These are some skills that all of us, yeah. <laughs> we all need to know these skills, right? You know, what what to wear for interviews and, you know, for public transportation, what stop to get off of. I mean, we all have to learn this at, at one point or another. So I totally understand that. In our, in our remaining moments, um, why don't you all just go over what you really want people to understand about these two particular programs and why it's so important uh, for young adults with IEPs to be able to, to take advantage of these programs? I think that another thing that we often say is, you know, uh, students with disabilities, students with IEPs have the opportunity to stay at uh, uh, their high school until they're 21. And we often say with good reason, they, you know, our, our students that we work with in the Active Academy and, and uh, with Kate, with her Strive students, they benefit from those, those years, those extra years of, of learning these skills and having the time and the opportunity to practice them. Well, it must be absolutely award, rewarding to, to see these young people develop and to watch them blossom and to gain such pride with the things that they're accomplishing. And I just have to say thank you. Thank you to all three of you for what you do. I always say it takes a very special person. You guys are cut from a different cloth and Hats off to you for molding these minds and shaping them and, and getting them ready for, for the world effectively. Kate Pringle, Kathy Rafter, Kara Gimble from the Abington School District. Thank you so much for joining us on Bridging Philly today. Thank, thank you. Niall Livingston, a public muralist with deep Philly roots, recently received lots of attention for two high-profile mural commissions at both the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and another in the Gaberhood. Shara Day Howard has more with our Newsmaker of the Week. Nyelle Livingston considers herself a public artist. Her portraits and murals can be found all over the city, garnering her quite a lot of attention. She says each tell a specific story that she unearths by canvassing and talking to community members, sharing both Philly creativity and culture. She credits her deep Philly roots and unrelenting curiosity. Recently, she's been tapped to create two high-profile murals, one at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and the other a mural that depicts the underground art of ballroom, an art form celebrated by Philadelphia's LGBTQ plus communities, which she says is vital to bringing about greater visibility, which speaks to the heart of being a public artist. Welcome, Noelle, to Bridging Philly. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's get started. You're a local artist with the real purpose, and you've been doing so much work specifically in the community, finding ways to branch out and bring the community with you. Can you tell me about your most recent projects? My most recent project is the Black Ballroom mural that I'm working on. It's uh, going in the neighborhood. I think that I can't think of any murals that include this particular community. So I think it's just really important to have this representation out there and to help the people that are part of the Black Ballroom know that they're a part of the Philadelphia community as a whole. I'm really honored to be able to work on this and to make sure that it has the most authentic voice possible. So I'm just going through a lot of discovery and talking to people that are part of Ballroom to make sure that I'm using archival photos to reference and that it uh, has the feeling that they want it to feel when it transforms into the final artwork. So you're from Philly. Yeah, I'm from West Philly. My family goes back three generations. So art, is it a family legacy or is it something that you just kind of, you found a talent for? 
It's definitely a family legacy. Uh, I had a really encouraging family growing up. My grandfather was an architect, so that got me really involved in things like urban planning and understanding communities and being a part of a neighborhood that goes beyond my immediate block and just understanding who's around me, being curious about the world. That curiosity, you know, a lot of people say nature versus nurture. I think it's kind of both. Yeah, I think so too. I think um, you naturally start to follow a path that feels like it's the path of least resistance that feels right for you. But it also really helps to know that people are pulling you through it too. So I'm really lucky to have a strong support system. How does curiosity really feed what you do? Uh, I think curiosity, it helps me focus on things that are larger than just myself, to look at things around me, ask questions or just observe and to make sure that I'm documenting and archiving it in a way that, that the people that I'm working with feels as though it's accurate and correct for them. In Philadelphia, it's really hard to promote yourself. So let's talk about how you've been able to not only make your art, but create a whole space for yourself. I think being from Philadelphia and then traveling to other cities, I feel like Philadelphia is a very supportive city in comparison to like New York or LA where there's a lot of competition. So I think Philly's just a really great space to be a creative and to be a part of a community or to find the right community. But in terms of uh, observation, I think Philly is also very fast moving. I think taking time to stop and observe is important, but also creating things that also causes other people to stop and slow down and observe for me is really important. For me, being observant, it's about looking at accessibility and how the everyday person or the lay person can interact with what they're looking at or uh, experiencing. Just falling in love with public art, for me, it's very important that people can get to it and there's no barriers or walls or systems in place to prevent them from having this opportunity. And I think even growing up, my dad would take me to the art museum, but I had the most fun outside the art museum, climbing on sculptures and looking at things that were outside the building. And the murals around Philadelphia were really impactful in my life. We have the most murals compared to any other city in the world. And now you're part of that. Yes. (laughs) So accessible art is really important in terms of observation in my world. What's really cool about you is it feels like a lot of what you do is meant to serve a larger purpose. I think for me it's about social justice and thinking about the impact it's going to have and trying to leave a positive mark on this world while I'm alive. So it, it could be political, but I think it's more so just about human rights. And when we speak of that, which of your pieces comes to mind? Growing up, a lot of black cultural workers were mentors to me. So the black and brown communities that we're a part of also helped influence the work that I do. Mm-hmm. My favorite piece that I've done is a Nina Simone painting. I, I really love her music. It's a portrait of her. Where is that? It's in my house. It tried to find a home, but I love it so much that I, I've always taken it back with me. <laughs> How often does that happen where you're like, you know what, I can't let this go? It's almost been sold twice. Someone actually gave me the money and then I gave the money back and brought it back wow. home. <laughs> so I think like just making art for a home is not good for me, but making right. art for outside of a building is a thing because everyone can share it. So where can people see some of your work? It's all throughout the city. I've done a lot of temporary murals. So my website is a good place to get photos of things that I've done that may not be up anymore. So yeah, just visit NiallLivingston.com. It's spelled like the Nile River, N-I-L-E. So recently you were commissioned to do a piece. Can you tell me about that and what that means to you and what that means to the community? That's a lot. Jason Ballman reached out to the Murrays program. Uh, He's a part of the Philadelphia Black Ballroom scene uh, and the project has been uh, trying to come to life for over a year. Uh, We finally got funding from a grant and so, and we uh, locked in a wall 
Uh, and so I'm going through a discovery process and talking to people about ballroom and learning more about their ancestors and they're pulling up photos and VCR tapes and footage. Uh, and I'm uh, capturing uh, screen captures to use as reference photos and talking to them about their inspiration and their values uh, and what feeling or emotion they want this mural to give off. Um, so this is, this is a project that, that's really fun for me right now. Yeah. And I think it's really important that uh, people not only recognize the underbelly of Philly, but our history that the underbelly speaks to. For sure. And ballroom is that. Yeah, the black ballroom scene, I feel like these are folks that are really on the margins. So it's really important to have this image up and to show that these are people that need to be included in our conversation of what is Philadelphia. Representation matters. It really does. Now, you're not only an artist, but now you're an entrepreneur. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so Creative Repute is the name of my graphic design agency. It grew from a solo practice to now working with a deep bench of specialists. And it came because I had the problem of getting too many requests that I couldn't fulfill as an individual. So I called in other creatives and friends and specialists and people who knew even more than I do about like coding websites and things like that. Yeah, so over the years, Creative Repute has grown. We work with a lot of nonprofits or organizations that are trying to make a positive change in the world mm-hmm. uh, or people that are just aligned with our values. We provide marketing services, graphic design, and website development. Now you're giving other artists an opportunity. I mean, you've bridged so many parts of Philly in art. Why is that important to you? I think I've had a lot of great mentors in my life, so it's for me an honor to be able to work with other people. I think I said this earlier in interview just working on something that's larger than yourself is important you can accomplish so much more with others so being able to collaborate for me has been really life-affirming so let's talk about this chop project this is a big deal yeah so the children's hospital mural the walls are mammoth size they're humongous for an interior mural and it's in the hub building which is for their staff looking at what the architect's plans are it seemed like they designed the building for people to bump into each other and for it to be really collaborative so i wanted the mural to also feel like a collaboration and a collage so i went through children's hospitals archival photos and i pulled images of as many diverse people as I can find so that the mural's also looking forward into the future and reflective of the possibilities. And I drew it in the style that feels almost childlike. And the goal is to remind the staff who they're of service to, which are the children and families. This was a really fun mural to work on. It's vibrant, it drips and splatters with color, and you can see it from outside the building, even though the building is designed for the staff. What about art? speaks to you and what would you like it to say to others? So for me, my art feels like a diary entry. It feels like it's documenting me becoming into myself each step of the way uh, and it's documenting the people that I interact with throughout my life. For others, I honestly, I just want to leave it up to interpretation, but my hope is it has a positive impact on them. Leave the world better than you found it. I hope so, yes. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. 
Back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM. The Philly Rising Changemaker is sponsored by Penn Medicine Heart and Vascular Center, performing the most advanced heart procedures in the region. KYW's Antoinette Lee here with this week's Philly Rising Changemaker. Now, there's a boutique in the heart of Bryn Mawr, right along Lancaster Avenue. It's called Something Different by Eric, and it's not your typical gift shop. Everything customers buy in this store goes toward a good cause. I visited the store to find out what it was all about, and here's more from the experience. At the Something Different by Eric gift shop, the goal isn't making a profit. It's creating a community. The first thing I want them to see, Antoinette, if they look through the window, they're going to see the sign that says celebrating individuals with disabilities. By day, Dr. Bernadette Willer is a gynecologist at Penn. Her passion, though, is the nonprofit store she and her husband founded in 2015 for their son, Eric, who has Down syndrome. Schools actually allow people with disabilities to be there until they're 21. Once they're 21, everything falls apart because what happens, there's no structure. A lot of their friendships disappear because people start to scatter. So we didn't have a lot of choices. She says that's why they founded the store in Bryn Mawr. It provides Eric, who's determined, kind, and a basketball fanatic, with a work opportunity tailored to his needs. So the money that we would have actually put into Eric's college fund, this is what we decided to do for him. So, so that way, you know, it's not like it's extra. It's like, well, if he had been without Down syndrome, we would be paying for college for him, maybe, or trade school, whatever he wanted to do. So just put this into this, and then that way, and then that way he can have something to do also. When you really look at people that have been able to overcome obstacles, like whether it's a language barrier or whether it's a skill barrier, a lot of people decide to become entrepreneurial. I always tell people there's lots of folks that will do a side hustle because you know what? They don't have a language. You know, they don't have skills, so they set up their stand and they can do their own thing. So I said, you know what? Let's do something where Eric can do his own thing. Not just that, it's also about connection and visibility. But also a place where people can see him and not be, you know, hiding away somewhere in a little shelter workshop, but people will see that there are people that are like Eric that can actually do something and actually be valuable. And that's why we chose, believe it or not, a street where people can actually, they can see, they can see the store and very busy street instead of a side, you know, corner. Willer says she has hopes of providing that for more people with disabilities. The pandemic put their plan to expand on ice, but they're hoping to make it happen by January. My wish is for them, like, to know that when they're here, that they're valued, that no one's looking down on them. No one expects them to be at a certain pace, speed. And I think that if people can actually see that, that, you know what, it's okay to just be. She hopes that people will not only visit the store for its good cause, but also for the pretty cool trinkets. Even though it's a store that's trying to like change things for people with disabilities, I want everybody to feel like there's something in there for them. Again, the store is called Something Different by Eric. It's in Bryn Mawr. Y'all know the holidays are coming up. Support the call. Support Eric. That's it for this week's Philly Rising Changemaker. I'm KYW's Antoinette Lee. Join me next week for the next one. And if you know someone who's making a difference in your community, someone that we should feature on KYW, please reach out to me. I'm easy to find. You can find me on Twitter at A-R-L-E-E on air. That's A-R-L-E-E on air. I would love to highlight the people in your community making a difference. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Be sure to connect with us on Twitter at Bridging Philly and with me at Raquel on air. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast. For Antoinette Lee, Shara Day Howard, and our podcast producer, Tom Rickert, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well.